Welcome back to People Analytics. I'm your host, Lisa Patton. Today I have with me Nicole Roberts, who is the Senior Vice President of People at Forda. Welcome, Nicole. I'm so excited you're here. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and why you do it. So I focus on the three C's. So it's culture, communication, and connection through my work, my volunteerism, and my mentoring. I've been in HR for over 18 years, and I believe strongly that once you get to a certain level of your career, that it is your your honor and it is your privilege to then give back to others. And so I do that both in my organization as well as in the HR community, um, you know, extending that handout to help somebody up so that they can then build the next generation of HR leaders. So... I'm on a mission to change the HR and people ops reputation and build a generation of leaders. I think that we need to have compassionate, caring teams that are known for thank you notes and empathy and compassion versus just uh, people processors and policy police. And so I started with Forda uh, actually at the end of June, so very new. And I am the Senior Vice President of People. I have been entrusted with the strategy for people and culture as we continue to grow, focusing on the experience and the journey from application to exit. That's really awesome. And you said something that really connected with me about how, you know, you get to a point in your career where you think about, okay, I've gathered these skills. How do I give back? So tell me about reaching that point for you in your career. So I remember, so I'm a uh, co-moderator of the Job Hunt chat. That chat is a Twitter chat on Mondays at 9 p.m. Eastern. Um, and. I remember participating in the chat a few years ago, and I just thought, man, I just want to help people. Like, you can tell that there are things that are, they've become kind of no-brainers to me at this point in my career, but they still seem like they're brand new information to others. And so I started to participate as a co-moderator, and then I had the opportunity to speak to some students at Minnesota Sherm a few years ago, and It was so great to see people that were brand new, pretty naive in their journey, uh, and just being able to share, you know, experiences and and give some guidance and, you know, talk to people and say, hey, you know, it wasn't always easy for me, but these are some things that I did, some strategies that I utilized. And I mean, I share with people all the time that, you know, I didn't even finish my bachelor's degree until 2018. So, you know, if I can do it, you can do it. Anybody can do it. You know, now I'm working on my master's and I just have this spirit of continuous improvement. And I believe that everybody should adopt that in order to, I mean, we have to remain agile and we have to be ready to embrace, you know, new things, new technology, new strategies on a pretty consistent basis. So I want to take a moment and talk about Twitter chats for a second, because you said you're a moderator and it connected with me because Twitter chats have really helped me excel my career because they give me an opportunity to talk about a niche topic or a topic that I'm interested in with minds of all different backgrounds. So 
when I'm involved in these chats, there's people who are new in their, their career, or there's people who are veterans, and there's just so many ways to connect. So can you share how Twitter chats have helped you? Because I feel like they're a very underutilized tool. Oh my gosh. When I talk to somebody in HR and I ask them if they're on Twitter and they say no, I'm like, you have no idea what you are leaving on the table. I mean, so Sherm used to have a week, it was weekly, I want to say it was on Wednesdays at 3 p.m. and it was called Next Chat. And it was um, ran by the ever so fabulous Mary Kaler. And that chat is how I got to know so many people that are in the HR community that I'm personally friends with now. Like I've been to their homes, they've been to mine, you know, and if you ever want, you know, in what, what is it? 144 characters. If you ever wanted to get your point of view out there in a succinct, really impactful way, participate in a Twitter chat because there's, I mean, especially if you're trying to work on maybe not being so verbose in your writing, nothing will improve the, the succinct nature of your communication than trying to fit that all in, in one, you know, little Twitter response. But I have met people internationally as well as people that are you know, down the street from me. And you just get the opportunity to not just comment and share your experience, but you learn from so many other people from so many other walks of life. I mean, there may be areas of HR that you're possibly not as strong in. And so if you participate in these chats and you're paying attention and you can see, hey, it seems like that person might have a background in something that I'm not as strong in, reach out to them because we all have this in our blood in HR that we want to help. And so... You're never, you know, I I always say that to people, you know, I'm like, hey, we're all really busy, but we're never too busy. You're not bothering us, you know, if you reach out. And so reach out, ask somebody, you know, there was a um, conversation where uh, someone was sharing about being in, um, you know, nonprofit and the challenges with that. And I just like, hey, I've never been in nonprofit, you know, talk to me about what some of those challenges are and you know, these are some some things that I've done when I wasn't nonprofit, but it it definitely felt like we were darn close mm-hmm. <laughs> with our our margins and our budget. And you know, it's just different ways that you can connect with people, and that you can make sure that you're putting out there yourself that you know you're open and that you want to help. And that the hashtag HR community is currently kind of the lifeline out there. And you put a question out there, and you get all these responses from all over the world. Yeah. So use that hashtag HR community on Twitter. And you said something else that I want to draw attention to. And you said helping is in your blood. And I know that you view HR as, as a service role. So uh, talk, let's talk about being service first in HR. Yeah. So service first is when you, you look at your role and you say, okay, the organization has entrusted me Mm -hmm. with these people. They are in my care. 
And I talk a lot about HR providing concierge level service. And if you think of a hotel, you know, think of that concierge, right? They're that trusted person. They're there. You can go to them for help. You can go to them for recommendations. You can go to them for information. You know that your question is going to be answered because this is the expert that they've put, you know, in charge and in this service role in the hotel. And, you know, if it, if possible, they're going to do everything in their power to ensure that your experience is helpful and supportive. And so in HR, you know, there's a lot of questions, acronyms, constantly changing regulations, and people have questions and people have concerns. And there is nothing that people are more emotionally connected to than their pay, their benefits, you know, their experience in the workplace. And so they need to know that by going to HR or people operations, that they are going to be handled with care as a unique individual. It doesn't matter if you've heard that question 700 times. It's the first time they've asked it. And even if their answer can be found using employee self-service, the first time they reach out, they're going to be guided through that experience of using employee self-service. And then they're going to feel empowered like, oh, hey, and if I have a question in the future, I even know where to go and look first before reaching out. But I still know that I'm not going to be treated like I'm bothering them and that if I reach out, they're still going to take care of me. Yeah. So you've said that you view serving employees as an honor. What's it like to, you know, do your job in a way that you feel it's an honor to do? So we all hear that, you know, people are the most important aspect of the business and whether or not your organization states that outright or not, it's still true. You can't replace your entire population with robots tomorrow and still have the same effectiveness and the same results. And, you know, people need to be reminded of that from time to time. But if you're fortunate to have been entrusted with taking care of a team of people in the organization, it's your responsibility to make sure that you're working today to be a better leader than you were yesterday. They are counting on you to do that. And, you know, the organization, depending on how big they are, they can't take care of every single person themselves. And so they're putting these trusted leaders in place to support and to take care of their people and, you know, individually say thank you to the people. Because, you know, once you get over like 10 employees, 20 employees, you can't always, you know, do that yourself. And so you have to make sure you picked the right people that are going to carry forward your mindset, they're going to move forward your business, and they're also going to take care of your people along the way. Mm -hmm. And so what does that look like, you know, tapping into the right people? There are far too many times that we either bring somebody into an organization or that we promote somebody simply based on they were the best individual contributor. So of course they should be able to lead this team of individual contributors, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't necessarily mean that they share the core values from a leadership perspective of the business. And so you need to make sure that you bring in people that truly understand that this is not a uh, consequence. This is not a... This is not a added piece to their job, right? This is their job now. Their job is not to do individual contributor stuff and take care of people when it's convenient. Their job is to take care of the people and to get the results through the people. And so organizations that just promote people from within and don't properly train them, 
train them, they can set them up for failure by doing that. And people that come in, you know, from the outside that have focused so much on their individual development and not as a leader, they need to know that when they come in, that now, okay, I've gotten to this point in my career, and now it's not my job to make sure that I have developed those skills to really take care of these people. Mm -hmm. So you, because you're relatively new in your role at Forta, you know, you're very mindful of culture and how that, you know, is matching with your role. So what about, you know, coming into this role, um, you know, were the green signs of, oh, this, these values, they align, oh, this culture is for me. So it's really funny because I um, have been reading uh, Extreme Ownership and the Dichotomy of Leadership. And one of um, the values was actually t- one of the values that was listed in the book. And so I was on an interview with one of the senior executives and they saw the book over my shoulder. Mm. And they said, did you do that on purpose? And I was like, what do you mean? And they shared with me the values. And I said, well, that's really funny because I recently found these books. And uh, I said, I'm, I'm fascinated by it. And it is so important to me that organizations embrace that ownership culture and that you understand that accountability is commitment, that it's not, you know, something that's punitive. And you can't control situations. You certainly can't control people, but you can control how you walk into it. And so if you have a situation, take a step back and you go, okay, extreme ownership, what could I have done differently? What can I, what is in my realm of control that I can actually impact for this situation, because you're just spinning your wheels if you think that you're going to control a person or, you know, an outcome that you don't have, um, you know, that direct oversight or ownership of. And so when I was interviewing with Forta, I was really interviewing a leadership team. I said, you know what, if I want to make a move, then I want to make sure that I'm aligned with leadership. I want to make sure that my direct supervisor and and manager is somebody that I that I respect and that I can communicate with and that I know is going to value me and what I bring to the organization and is going to give me the autonomy and the flexibility to do really great work and I have been nothing but uh, reaffirmed of that and I don't want to say pleasantly surprised because I I expected it but it's always nice when it reaffirmed. I mean, I have a real relationship already uh, with my boss and I'm, I'm really looking forward to the future. Yeah. And I think something you said is really important for job seekers to have the mindset of you're interviewing leadership or you are interviewing the company, because I think we have gotten so focused on the candidate. The spotlight is on the candidate when it's, it's mutual. You know, you want to make sure that both parties are a good fit. And when you focus too much on, I mean, there was not a job description, right? I mean, we are a startup and I know what a senior, what an executive level HR person does. So I wasn't going line by line on the job description, right? And when people are applying to jobs, they need to not focus so much on what is in black and white. They need to go research the company. And not just on the company's website, go and Google that company and see what comes up, see what comes up on Glassdoor, see what comes up on Indeed, see what comes up on YouTube. You know what I mean? Like 
go out there and see what people are saying about the company and do research on, you know, the founders or the executive leadership and make sure it's people that you're going to be proud to be associated with. Mm-hmm. So throughout this conversation, one thing I've noticed about you is you have resources. Uh, you know, you mentioned that you will pursue growth, you look for opportunities, you, you know, like the Twitter chats. Uh, why are resources so important to you? And what are some additional ones that you can recommend that have helped you? So I think I mentioned before, I mean, things change so quickly in HR, right? I mean, none of us had the skills to navigate a pandemic uh, a few years ago, but, you know, regulations came out and very thankfully our good friends in the employment law arena interpreted these regulations and provided these webinars and helped us to get the skills to take care of our people and our organizations while we go through that. And HR especially is an area where you have got to focus on your professional development, your continuing education, because things change all the time. And not only do things change all the time, you know, because sometimes things change all the time and it's a regulation standpoint. Sometimes things change all the time and it's a better, more efficient way to do something. So you can implement a piece of technology that is going to take care of some mundane process so that you can be more engaged and connected to your people. How wonderful is that? And you may not have known about it because you weren't staying aware of the community and what's going on. I am, of course, am a SHRM member and I go to the SHRM annual conference. And I also am a member um, of Hacking HR. And I not only speak, but I also, you know, attend that virtual conference. And I'm on the Forbes HR Council. And I not only contribute, but I, you know, network and, um, you know, engage with the other members. And I feel very strongly that it's my job as the, you know, executive of HR for the organization that I need to know what's going on out there and not just what's going on right now, but what are the trends that are happening so I can make sure that we're prepared from a proactive nature of what's coming next. And it's really important to me that, you know, if I go and I do these things that I bring it back and that I share it and that I not only share it with my organization, but, you know, I mean, that's why I'm on the Sherm Influencer team because I want people to feel like they Maybe they couldn't attend the conference because either it's a time constraint, it's a money constraint, you know, whatever it is. I want them to still feel like they're going to get some part of that experience. And so, you know, I um, key takeaways or I'll share a slide or I'll share, you know, something like that. And I actually got a message from somebody privately on LinkedIn during the conference. And she said, I really appreciate you doing this because I wasn't able to attend this year. And I still feel like I'm there. Like, I still feel like I'm getting something key takeaways that I can, you know, use currently in my organization and, you know, help our teams. Yeah, well, that transitions well into the next topic I want to discuss with you, and that's the importance of communication. So how do you view communication in your role? I don't think that you can over communicate. Um, I saw the other day, somebody said that people are going to remember 60% of what they saw and only 10% of what they heard. So you have to make sure that you're communicating in a variety of ways, but also that you're communicating with clarity. So 
you want to explain why you're doing something. You want to explain to the extent possible, because sometimes you can't always, as much context as possible. And when somebody reaches out to you, you want to respond immediately. Even if you don't have the answer, you want to respond as soon as you can and say, hey, I got this. I'm working on it. And if I'm not the right person, here's the right person that's able to help you. And people need to know that it doesn't matter if this is the 100th time that you've been asked this question today and now this person's 101. They need to feel like they're a a truly unique and valued person and that their question still matters to you because it matters very much to them. And so one thing that I noticed when I started with the company is that there was this shared HR inbox, which was great because, you know, people could all stay in the loop of what was going on and what the questions were and be able to share answers and things like that. But one little thing that I noticed is that our team was not putting their name on their responses. And so you couldn't tell who actually was owning different pieces or who was helping. And so when I met with the team, I was like, hey, let's start using our name instead of just this nameless, faceless inbox so that when a human being reaches out to us, that they know that a human being has received their request, that they are taking care of it. And also, people grant a lot of grace to someone, they don't grant a lot of grace to something. And so if it's this faceless, you know, inbox, the odds of somebody feeling at ease and like they were taken care of is a lot less because you don't know if a bot is answering, right? I mean, you don't actually is a person that's helping you. I mean, you know, we're an AI enabled, uh, you know, startup, so they don't know if it's a bot answering and not a real person. And So we even took it a step further from that, and we now have a um, HR ticketing system. So much like a you know IT help desk ticketing system, we have an HR system, and so we it you know it does the auto response. Hey, we got this. Somebody's working on it, and then that person and that personal touch follows up and says, "Hey, thanks for reaching out. This is what we're doing." and We'll be able to use that then to track what frequently asked questions are, what uh, what questions come in that maybe take a little bit longer to resolve. And so do we need to get additional resources on that? Do we need some kind of proactive training or guides out there that help people? Even things as simple as, you know, your email signature. If somebody starts brand new and they didn't get that on the first day, they want to have that information. So that's something to add to the onboarding, right? If they don't know how to use some of our different systems, I love that our first step is to do live training with people and then to provide the recording available for reference back. And that it's not just, here's a link, let us know if you have questions. Well, if it's something brand new, because P.S., I didn't know what a Miro board was when I started. And they're actually super cool for process mapping, but I didn't know what that was. And somebody walked me through it and showed me, you know, here's where the ones are kept that are going to be most important to you. And this is how you do this. And these are some, you know, quick actions that you may take if you're interacting with somebody that has a saved board. And I mean, how helpful is that instead of watching some 30-minute video where probably not going to be creating these, but I'm certainly going to be interacting with them. So it's 
really respecting people and their time and making sure that we are letting them know, here you go, and here's the information that you need, and we're here live with questions. And then there's also this recording for you to watch for your own reference later. Yeah, that's amazing because I feel like a lot of new hires, they're just inundated with information. They're overwhelmed and that leads to forgetting that information. And, you know, if they go through a 30 minute video, uh, but don't have access to, you know, that recording, they're going to lose that information and then they're going to get yelled at for for losing that information. And I think it's important to recognize, you know, how much information a brain can take at once. When you're brand new, you don't know what's important, right? I mean, like you're getting this piece of information and this piece of information and this training and this is required and all of this. And you're going, okay, this was a lot of information at once, but I don't really know what I need to prioritize even for my own self of what was most important of everything that I learned today. So by having that, you know, personal touch when it comes to introducing somebody to, you know, a process or a software or something like that. Make sure that when you're putting that training together, that you're focusing on the most important things first, and then the rest of it can be included in that, you know, guide to to refer to later. Yeah. Do you feel that being a new hire helps, you know, you learn about your position as well? Oh, for sure. And, well, and one of the things that I'm really focusing on right now is that experience and that journey from application to exit, right? And so... I'm really proud of the application to exit journey that we had created at MVAH. And, you know, that's going to be able to, you know, live on even without me being there. And so I can bring the things that I, that I know work and that I know are super important to people, but also survey this new demographic of people, right? These new team and say, Hey, what, how's your journey been so far? What was something that maybe we could have done better? What have you seen in other organizations that were really amazing that you think we should incorporate here? Because that's that first impression. And you want to make sure that, you know, when the person go home goes home at the end of the day, or in the case of us, we all work from home, we work remote. So when the person is, you know, logged off at the end of the day, and they're talking to their friends and loved ones about how was your first day, they can say, oh, wow, they thought of everything. And they even asked me for my feedback when I'm brand new. And, you know, I don't know anybody or anything. So it it's really nice when people feel like their contribution matters to the organization, even as early as, you know, the first couple of days. Yeah. So what are you excited about uh, for your future? I'm really excited to get to know my team. Mm -hmm. So um, I had not used the Google suite professionally in quite some time. I was, you know, strictly Outlook and all of that. And so I created these um, little office hour slots on my calendar and sent the link out so people could sign up for it. Very similar to Calendly, but even kind of like taking it a next step forward where it's only in these designated spots that I'm going to have these slots. So I'm doing one-on-ones with, I've already done them with my direct reports, but with my indirect reports and learning about them and why they joined the company. And I mean, nobody's been here longer than six months, right? So mm-hmm. exciting to hear what their journey's been so far and why they chose the organization. And then 
what they're interested in and what they want to be more involved with. So as we grow and maybe we're going to, you know, implement a system, well, who did I talk to or who do I already know that has an interest in doing that or has done that already? So using experience is really important when your company is only six months old. Yeah, yeah. And it's great for everyone's in, you know, a same new situation. You're all in it together. Um, You know, it sounds like a really exciting place to be. Yeah, it's it's been wonderful, and and what's really great about it is when it's a a industry that you know you've not been in before, everything mm-hmm. is new to you, and yeah. so the technology is fascinating. Um, the way that we are, you know, helping families by providing care in home is amazing because they don't have to leave and you know find childcare for for if there's other children in the house and and all of that. You know, I mean really taking care of people, not only our internal teams, but also the families that we yeah. serve. It all, and it all goes back to service, that, that keyword. <laughs> well, thank you so much for this amazing conversation, Nicole. I'm, you're so, I love your energy and I'm just so inspired and I'm ready to go, you know, read some books or pick up some, some things on your resource list. Uh, but before we sign off, is there anything that you would like to add? I think just to remember that you need to take care of your people and you also are one of your people. So you need to take care mm-hmm. of yourself first mm-hmm. and foremost. Um, self-care isn't selfish. Mm-hmm. Um, so make sure that you're taking care of yourself. Make sure that you're you know, raising your hand when you need help. There are a lot of resources at your disposal and I'll definitely share my top resources. Amazing. Well, awesome words to end on. If you or anyone you know is passionate like Nicole, please email me, lindsay at staffgeek.com. Thank you for listening to Staff Geek's People Analytics Podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Patton, and I'm always looking to interview leaders who put people first. If you or someone you know lead with a people-first mindset, please email me at lindsay at staffgeek.com. That's L-I-N-D-S-A-Y at staffgeek.com. If you want to take things a step deeper and understand your organization's true culture DNA, I encourage you to take Staff Geek's free culture assessment. Just head to staffgeek.com and click the button that says free culture assessment. Thanks again for listening.